0: Ege bozekele katola daba lega bazokolo na mangle manda lega manaya egele bozekele rebrina katola banange gea na praise you father bless be your holy name in the name of jesus Father, we rejoice that we have the privilege of coming before your precious word this morning. We come humbly, we come respectfully, we come with hearts filled with expectation and joy. And we rejoice that the hearts of every one of us is ready to receive revelation knowledge. And I pray that everyone's understanding be flooded with light. As the word comes with clarity, veils fall off. People are built up, equipped, edified, Jesus glorified. And we decree that by the end of this service, nobody leaves the service the same way they came. We'll all be the better for it. We give you praise and glory for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful Amen. In Jesus name, and every believer says that amen like thunder. We want to welcome everybody connected to the service this morning by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and all of you on the on the on the social media community. All of our family online. We're so glad to have every one of you connected today. It's a joy to have all of you in the service this morning. After the glorious sixty days of glory, we're so excited that we continue again in the word of His grace. Do me a favor, like you've always done, help me share the video, share with all, as many groups as on your Facebook page. Deliberately, intentionally be about it right now and help me create watch parties and, you know, tag some people. Let's get the whole world to be flooded with the light of the gospel. And thank you for doing that for Jesus this morning. I also want to welcome all our house centers and campuses. What a joy to have everybody this morning. Oh my goodness. It's a joy to be able to study the word of God together with every one of you and everybody in the building. Good morning. I'm so glad to see every one of you this morning. Grab your your pen, your notebook, your bible and you can be seated with your sweet smart self as we get into the word of his grace. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you excited this morning? Praise God. All right, The book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 we are still looking at citizens of a beloved country citizens of a beloved country because we couldn't finish that series in the course of the of the 60 days so I continue but I'm glad I'll finish it this morning and in the second service we'll begin a series on the integrity of God's word the inter- it's going to be an explosive study I don't even want to start exciting myself ahead of time all right all right gr- grab your bibles let's go Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 the, in- the citizens of a beloved country God who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time pass unto the fathers by the prophets. Spake in time pass by the fathers unto the fathers by the prophets. Now remember we said the word father is the word patah meaning patriarch. And we are looking at citizens of a beloved country. We've been studying Abraham and the other patriarchs, and um, you know we saw that we're looking at how they foreshadowed the believer in Christ today. How that they are a symbol of the believer in Christ, and we said that those fathers, uh, you know, the fathers were prophets, and the prophets were fathers too. But oftentimes the patriarchs of Israel were divided into two. Number one, we looked at the natural patriarchs and you know the generation that left Egypt, that the Bible says with many of them God was not well pleased and then we began to look at that generation and then we also looked at the other patriarchs, people like Abraham, who were patriarchs of faith, people that walked in faith, believed in the word of the Lord, you know in types and shadows, people that believed in the promise of God. Who were called fathers of faith and we began to look at quite a number of things last, you know, last few days ago and it's been so exciting studying the lives of these people. And then we began to talk about the fact that those people in the old covenant, the patriots, the, the elders, the prophets, the fathers of the Old Testament, there were some things they had, but we, 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 we zeroed it down to Hebrews chapter eleven, verse thirty nine. So let's look at it as we begin. Hebrews eleven thirty nine and these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. Next verse. But God, having provided some better thing for us, that they, without us, should not be made perfect. So we said, there's something we have that they never had. And we began to study what is it that we have that they never had. And uh, we, we took time to look at what God gave to them. Look at Hebrews chapter 10 verse 17 as we begin this journey. Hebrews chapter 10 verse number 17. And their sins... And iniquities will I remember no more. So we established that God did not hold Abraham accountable for sin. Now, so we will see the new covenant. That in the new covenant, your sins and iniquities, God says, he will remember no more. Now, when you read the Old Testament, you will see that there are two different types of people. The first one is a guy called Abraham, meaning the days of doubt. Abraham, the days of doubt. But if you read the entire epistles, you will never see where Abraham is referred to. Abraham is referred to as Abram. You will never see Abraham in the epistles. You will only see Abraham. Meaning that the epistles did not record the days of Abraham's doubt. Because when he was in doubt, he was called Abraham. When he was in faith, he was called Abraham. Alright? So the only event of Abraham recorded in the New Testament were events of his faith. Because the New Testament does not record false. The New Testament only records faith in Christ. Why? Because Jesus took the false on our behalf. The only time Brother Paul refers to Abraham, he began to say, hear what the law says in Galatians chapter 4 where we read last week. So, What brother Paul was simply doing was to reduce the law to its minimum. To reduce it to its barest minimum. That means in the Old Testament books, Abraham and the rest in faith, you know, all of them that were in faith, were looking and desiring to be in the new covenant. And God related with them as if they were in the new covenant. So while the writers of the old covenant recorded their sinful acts and and faults, Because they were under the law in the new covenant, they are not mentioned. Abraham was presented as a very perfect person. Same thing as Solomon. All of his wives were not mentioned. He was presented as a, you know, as a stainless person. Same thing, if you look at the New Testament Greek, you will not see the name Delilah. It does not exist in the Greek in the New Testament. The name Bethsheba does not exist in the Greek language. So you find a different Abraham was presented in the New Covenant. Why? Because in the New Covenant, God already says he will not remember your sins anymore. So you find that David with all that Nathan said to him, the prophet told him you cannot build a temple. But Jesus is sitting on the throne of David forever. You see that in the Old Testament, Prophet Nathan said to David, because there is blood in your hand, you will not build a temple for God. Solomon will build in your place. But in the New Covenant, Jesus is not sitting on the throne of Solomon. He's sitting on the throne of David forever. Are we still in the building here? So Jesus, in spite of how the Old Testament people were treated, in the New Testament, they were treated differently. You know, Jesus gave a parable and a true story in Luke chapter 16, verse 23. Luke chapter 16, verse number 23. And in hell, he lift his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. Lazarus in his bosom, the place Hades. A place for the dead. A place for the dead. Jonah was there. David was there. Abraham was there. In fact, all of the Old Testament saints were in Hades. They were in Hades or hell or a place of outer darkness. Look at Matthew chapter 12 verse number 40. Matthew chapter 12 verse number 40. For as Jonas was three days and three nights, Jonas, three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. In the heart of the earth. So they went to hell. Their sins were not counted against them. They had righteousness in their account. But they still went to hell. Their sins were not counted against them. David, Jonah, Abraham. But they still went to Hades. Alright. They still went to hell. In spite of the fact that their sins and iniquities were not held to their account. Look at Romans chapter 4 verse 25. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Was raised again for our justification. So the question now is, what's the difference? Why is it that in the Old Testament, all the saints who believed in faith, their sins were not counted against them, but they still went to hell. They still went to Hades. All of them. Abraham, Jonah, David. Why did they have to, why didn't they go to heaven? Why did they go to hell? Because we saw Abraham in hell. Jonah in hell, in Hades. Now, look at the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 9. Pay attention. Ephesians chapter 4 verse number 9. Now that he ascended, what is it? But that he also descended first. Into the lower parts of the earth Verse 10 <clears throat> He that descended Is the same also That ascended up Far above all heavens That he might feel all things Give me verse 8 Verse 8 of Ephesians chapter 4 Wherefore he saith When he ascended up on high He led captivity captive He led captivity captive. He led captivity, captive, meaning Jesus went to the same place which is hell or Hades where Abraham, Jonah and all the oldest Testament saints were. Jesus went there. Remember like we said Matthew 12 14, Jonah was there. And Jonah spoke prophetically about hell. He spoke prophetically about hell. Now, Look at Romans chapter 6 verse 6 again. Romans chapter 6 verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Look at Romans chapter 10 verse 6. Romans chapter 10 verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down from above next verse or who shall descend into the deep the word deep there that is to bring up Christ again from the dead who shall go into the deep the word abusos in the Greek a dark region the deep a dark region or bottomless pit or a place of outer darkness the deep who shall go to the deep because jesus was in the deep jesus was in hell jesus was in the dark region of the dead jesus went where all of them were look at acts chapter 2 verse 27 acts chapter 2 verse number 27 because thou will not leave my soul in hell Neither will thou suffer an holy one to seek corruption Suffer an holy one to see corruption So Jesus went to hell Again, remember that their sins were not counted against them So how come they still went to hell? Remember, their sins were not counted against them. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. So how come a righteous man still went to hell? That's what we're trying to figure out this morning. So you can have clarity in that area. Now, please pay attention. They went to hell where spiritually dead people go to. Again. Remember, the promise or the new covenant is the promise they had. They were not in the new covenant, but they had the new covenant as a promise. Alright? So look at Galatians chapter 3 verse 16. Galatians chapter 3 verse number 16 now. To Abraham and his seed where the promise is made. He saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one. And to thy seed which is Christ. The next verse 17 now. And this I say that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ. The law which was 430 years after cannot disannul that it should make the promise of non-effect. Next verse. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more a promise. But God gave it to Abraham by promise. Next verse. 19. Wherefore then served the law, it was added because of transgressions. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. And it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Next verse. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one. But God is one. 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law, law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. 22. But the scripture had concluded all under sin. Take note of that. But the scripture, which is the Old Testament, had concluded all under sin. Why? that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Next verse now, 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. So the promise first. Then look at verse 24. Verse 24. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster, Unto Christ that we might be justified by faith, that we might be justified by faith. So he is saying Abraham believed in the promise before the old covenant. So Abraham walked in the benefit of the new covenant. Why? Because he was justified by faith, he was justified. By faith. Please pay attention. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. Romans chapter 5 verse number 12. Wherefore. As by one man sin entered into the world. And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men. For that all have sinned. Next verse. For until the law Sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Sin is not imputed when there is no law. That is to say, sin is not counted against you when there is no law. So question, who gave the law? Who gave the law? Huh? Moses Moses all right look at verse 14 of Romans 5 Romans 5:14 5, <clears throat> nevertheless death reigned from Adam to Moses death reigned from Adam to Moses even over them that had not seen after the similitude of Adam's transgression who is the figure of sin to come? Well, I'm, I'm sure you know why I did that, that, that correction there. Who is the figure of sin to come? <clears throat> why did he stop at Moses? That ran from Adam to Moses. Why did he stop at Moses? Because Moses gave the law. And the law has concluded everybody in the Old Testament on the sin. So in spite of sin not being imputed or in spite of sin not being recorded to the account of those who believe in the Old Testament, death still reigned over them. Even though sin was not credited to their account, they were still under the reign of death. So they were righteous but dead spiritually. Did you understand? Abraham all the Old Testament saints, Abraham, Moses, all the Old Testament believers, Jonah, all of them believed in the promise. Sin was not accounted to them but they were still spiritually dead. They were still spiritually dead. So because they were spiritually dead that is why they went to Hades. That is why they went to hell. So, where people where? Were people from Adam to Moses spiritually dead? Huh? From Adam to Moses, were they spiritually dead? Yes, they were. So, in verse 14, it now says, death reigned from Adam to Moses. So question, did death reign in Abraham? Huh? Yes, because it's from Adam. To Moses, which includes Abraham. So, was Abraham spiritually dead? Yes. Were his sins counted against him? No. But was he spiritually dead? Yes. Now, if his sins were not imputed, why did he go to hell? Because he was spiritually dead. He went to hell because he was spiritually dead even though sin was not counted against him. That's very important now. Now, who else went to hell? Huh? Jonah, who else? Huh? Moses, who else? I want the big one jesus uh, jesus also went to hell did he go to hell because he sinned did jesus ever sin but did he go to hell so people in the old testament didn't go to hell because of sin because even jesus who was without sin went to hell so the question is why did jesus go to hell because of our sins but what is the implication don't be afraid say it because Jesus was spiritually dead Jesus went to hell because he was spiritually dead Abraham went to hell because he was spiritually dead Jonah went to hell because he was spiritually dead there was no sin in their account but they were spiritually dead Am I communicating? Yeah, they were spiritually dead. That's why they went to hell. Think about that. Amen. (laughs) Amen. 2 Corinthians 5.21 2 Corinthians 5.21 Glory to God. I'm excited. I tell you. For he hath made him to be seen for us Who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Look at me everybody. Was Jesus spiritually dead? Eh? When did he die spiritually? When he became sin? And when did he announce his spiritual death? When did he announce his spiritual death? On the cross, what did he say to announce his spiritual death? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken? That is separation. Separation from God is spiritual death. It was after that separation that he gave up the ghost. He now died physically because he has died spiritually. Because spiritual death gives birth to natural death. Natural death is a shadow of spiritual death. The real death is spiritual death. Are we teaching here? So natural death is a shadow of spiritual death. So it was after he died spiritually that he now died physically. Please pay attention. This is very, 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 very fundamental. Jesus didn't know sin, but he became sin. That's very key. He didn't know sin. He was without sin, but he became sin. He became sin. So these folks went to hell. Meaning throughout all their journey in faith, they were not made perfect. Throughout all their journey in faith, they were not made perfect. See that? That means they never arrived at their destination. They never arrived at their destination. So in their journey of faith, they believed, they walked without sin. Sin was not recorded to their account, but they ended up in hell. They ended up in Hades. They didn't arrive at where they were going. Their journey terminated in Hades. Their journey terminated in hell. Because they were spiritually dead. So they died and went straight to hell. And they were in hell waiting. Now remember, Abraham and his communication with the rich man. He said to the rich man that the people on earth have the law and the prophets. They have the law and the prophets. And if they will not believe the law and the prophets, even if somebody comes from the dead, they will not believe. You remember that place? So they have the law and the prophets. Meaning that they had the prophecies of the Old Testament at their disposal. So in hell what happened? Remember that there is activity in Hades. There is activity. The people in Hades are not just sitting down like zombies. There were activities. That's why the rich man could say Father Abraham tell Lazarus to put his son in water and come and cool my tongue. Tell him. Send him to me. After all he's my boy. No respect. Even after death the man is not very arrogant. Send him. C- come on, come on, come. Every good tongue deserves. I was good to him that side. He better be good. Come, come, come. So he didn't even say, help me, let me put my finger and cool my tongue. He said, let him take the water and come and cool my tongue. Arrogance, man! You think that because they have, they have left this world, their arrogance ends. That's why when the Bible says that people in hell will be gnashing their teeth, gnashing their teeth is not that they are in pain. Nashing their teeth is anger. They are still angry that Jesus says is the son of God. They are still angry that Jesus says that they have to believe in him. They are still angry even in hell. They are gnashing their teeth out of anger, not out of pain. Why? Because the same attitude that they expressed while here to the gospel is the same attitude they will keep expressing forever. That is why once a man does not believe the gospel and dies, there is no salvation for him because that arrogance will follow him forever. Are we teaching here? Yeah. That arrogance will follow him forever. The man is still asking Lazarus to come and cool his tongue. No respect, no fear. You should come and cool his tongue in hell. So what were they doing in the 80s? Oh, Jesus kept speaking for three days. Jesus was speaking for three days and three nights. He kept speaking the things that were written in the law and the prophets. He kept saying, you shall not allow my soul in hell. You will not suffer your holy one see corruption. You will not abandon my soul in hell. He kept speaking scriptures. Peter said, those are the words Jesus spoke. They are not David's words. Peter said David spoke concerning the Christ. So Jesus was speaking In expectation And all the Old Testament prophets All them Abraham They were speaking in Hades In expectation of the day of redemption They were speaking in expectation Of the day of Jesus They were speaking in expectation Of the resurrection of Jesus So everybody in Hades Was busy speaking the scriptures They were speaking the word They were speaking the promise They were speaking God's purpose And they were speaking the the plan of God, expectation of the promise that will be fulfilled. So, what is that promise again? What is the promise of God? Galatians 3 13 tells us what that promise is. Galatians 3 13 to 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a cause for us, for it is written, Course is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Next verse, that the blessing. The blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. The promise of the Spirit through faith. Now remember, remember, remember. I asked you a question in the course of 60 days of glory. And I'd like to ask the question again. Is it the promise that the Spirit gave? Or the promised Spirit? Is it the promise that the spirit gave Or the promised spirit Promised spirit Okay so he still maintained that Okay you said so And we will establish that The promised spirit Now what did Paul call that promised spirit What did brother Paul call the promised spirit The spirit of adoption Or the spirit of his son the spirit of adoption, the promised spirit, the spirit of adoption, the spirit of his son. Did Abraham ever receive the spirit of adoption? Huh? No. Why? Why? Power city, why? Because... Did Abraham ever receive the spirit of adoption? No. Why? Because he was spiritually dead. You can't have the spirit of adoption and be spiritually dead. It was the lack of that spirit of adoption that sent them to hell. That we might receive the promised spirit. What is the promised spirit? A spirit of adoption or the spirit that raised Christ from the dead? You can't have that spirit and be in hell. Glory to God. You can't have that spirit and be in hell. Now, what happened at the resurrection? Hebrews 12:23. Hebrews To the general assembly and church of the firstborn Which are written in heaven And to God the judge of all And to the spirits of just men Made perfect Remember They without us cannot be made perfect Remember Abraham was looking for a city Whose builder and maker was God Question Where is that city? Is it a town, a geographical location, or a people? Where are the people he was looking for? So Abraham was looking for you. You are God's city. You are citizens of a beloved country. Glory to God. So Abraham wasn't going to Canaan. The journey of faith that Abraham was making, he was on his way to Zion. He was going to a spiritual people. That was the perfection, a spiritual people, a people that are born of the spirit, a people that are born of the spirit, spiritual people, a people that have received the spirit of adoption. That is what Abraham was journeying to. He was looking for us. He was traveling to get to where we are. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12, 23 again. Hebrews 12, 23. To the general assembly of the church and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Give me 22. Hebrews 12, 22. But you are come unto Mount Zion, glory, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company. Of angels, so when you hear church of the firstborn, what are we talking about? Who is the firstborn? Jesus. So, when they are breaking courses from firstborns, why don't they start with Jesus? Because Jesus is also a firstborn. <laughs> Covenant day of breaking causes from firstborns. Fraud. They should start with Jesus first. Jesus is firstborn. They will gather firstborns and just be robbing them of their reality in Christ. In the name of freeing the firstborn. They should start with Jesus. Jesus is the firstborn. Church of the firstborn. Where is the church of the firstborn? Are we in the building? The firstborn in the epistles refers to the resurrection of Jesus. When you hear the word firstborn, in the epistles, New Testament, it refers to the resurrection of Jesus. In the four gospels, he is the only begotten, the monogenes. In the epistles, he is the first begotten from the dead. So, he is speaking concerning his resurrection. That is the church of his resurrection. And that's the church where you are in now. It is in the resurrection of Jesus that we have the new birth. It's in the resurrection of Jesus that we receive the spirit of adoption. It's in the resurrection of Jesus that we are born of the spirit. That is what they didn't have in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, their sins were not recorded against them. But they didn't have the spirit of adoption. So they were spiritually dead. Hence, they couldn't go to heaven. They had to go to hell. Waiting... For when Jesus will rise from the dead to give to them the spirit of adoption so that they too can be born again. Am I teaching good? Yeah. So that they too can be born again. Woo! So when he said, you have come to Mount Zion to the church of the firstborn, he's talking about the church of his resurrection. And Jesus said, I will build my church upon a rock and the gates of hell, the gates of Hades, Cannot stop my resurrection. Cannot stop the building of my church because my church will come out of resurrection. That's why the Bible where we read says he led captivity captive. Those who were spiritually dead now became spiritually alive. That's the new birth. The spirits of just men now made perfect at last. The spirits of just men. Are you the just men? Are you the just men? Who are the just men? The Old Testament saints are the just men. Their spirits are now made perfect at last. Are we teaching good here? The spirits of just men made perfect at last. Those who are justified by faith in the Old Testament. That was what Abraham was looking forward to. So all of them were raised together with Jesus. Glory to God. The word perfected, perfected. That is like a journey. Now they are sons by virtue of the new birth. So it's not just about your sins not being counted against you. Now you are, you are you have a new identity, a new nature, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God. The spirit of adoption. That's what you have now. It's not just that your sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Beyond that, you are now born of God. Hallelujah. You are now born of God. That is what God provided for us. That day without us cannot be made perfect. The new birth. Brother Paul calls it the promise of the spirit through faith. The new birth. So after his resurrection. The saints of old. Became perfected at last. They became sons. Look at Acts 3.21. Glory to God. Acts chapter 3 verse 21. Whom the heaven must receive. Until the times of restitution of all things. Which God hath spoken. By the mouth of all his holy prophets. Since the world begun. Listen carefully everybody. I am the end point of Abraham's journey. Can I hear you say that? I am the end point of Abraham's journey. You know what you just said? Abraham was traveling to get to me. Yeah. Abraham was traveling to get to me. I started where Abraham ended. So that means all said about Abraham everything spoken glorious about Abraham was not the end product. You are the end product. Hallelujah. So don't try to be like Abraham. Abraham is trying to be like you. Glory to God. Yeah. You are that end product. Now, look at Acts 3.20. Now, let me read a little bit. Acts 3.20-26. 20 to 26. And it shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. 21. Whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things. Which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world begun. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever. He shall say unto you. Give me 25 because of time. 25. Acts three twenty-five. You are the children of the prophets. And of the covenant, you are the children of the covenant. You don't have a covenant you are the children of the covenant which God made with our father, saying unto Abraham and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed 26, unto you first God having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, glory to God how did he bless you in turning away every one of you from his iniquities In turning away every one of you from his iniquities. He made promise to turn them from their iniquities. So, why then did Moses give them the law? We have said it many times. Because of the hardness of their hearts. They referred or refused God's promise. If you look at Deuteronomy 28 verse 1. It is a very, very stiff scripture. Moses stood and said to them, It shall come to pass, if you shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God, and shall observe to do all that he has commanded, that this blessing shall come on you. Then in verse 15 he says, It shall come to pass, if you will not hearken, that all these curses shall come on you. If you read, the causes are many times more than the blessing. Hey, Moses. He, he he gave them few blessings for their total obedience. Then gave them triple courses for their disobedience. And you know, in Exodus 15, 26, Moses said to them, if shall come to pass, if you shall hearken, and shall observe, to do all, that the Lord will take away these diseases from the midst of you. For I am the Lord that healed thee. Look at me everybody. These people were not thinking. These children of Israel, they were, they were zombies. They were not thinking. You know why I said so? Why didn't they ask Moses, you say, if we shall hearken to do all, God will take away disease from us. Did we do all when the serpents came out to bite us and God healed us by giving us a brazen serpent. We didn't do all, he healed us. They should have asked Moses that. I don't know if you have seen what I'm saying. They should have said Prophet Moe. The other time we didn't even do any. Serpents came out to bite us and kill us. When we cried out, you gave us a brazen serpent on a pole, and you asked us to look and live. We looked and we lived. So why is it now that you want us to do all first before the Lord heal us? Am I teaching good? But they are not thinking. You see, that's what religion does. Religion stops your thinking faculty and makes a zombie out of you. You just follow without thinking. But relationship with God makes you think. He says, come let us. God wants you to reason. We reason his word. We meditate his word. We ponder his word. And we think over God's word intelligently. Moses gave them very stiff condition. that guy, boy, man. That guy was a big boy, man. Moses, he didn't obey the laws. And yet nothing happened to him. Why was he like that for the children of Israel? Because Moses already told us what happened. Deuteronomy 32, 20. Put it up. Deuteronomy 32, verse 20. And he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end shall be. For they are a very forward generation. Children in whom is no faith. They were a faithless people. And because they were faithless That is why Moses did what he did to them Because they didn't believe anyway So righteousness was available to them That means their sins were not imputed But they were spiritually dead Is that clear? Hello? Is that clear? They were spiritually dead Even though their sins were not imputed They carried the resultant effect of Adam's sins which is spiritual death. Look at the difference. 2nd Corinthians 5.21 2nd Corinthians 5.21 Stay with me. For he had made him to be seen for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. If we came out of God in the new birth That means we came out of God's DNA. If we are born of God, what does it mean? We have his DNA. He has made. The word made means he has created something. You are the product. So now, righteousness is not put into your account. You are. In the Old Testament, righteousness was put into their account even though they were dead. In the New Testament, it is not an account thing. Our composition is righteousness. You are. Glory to God. Say with me very loud and let's get the devil crazy this morning. I am righteous. Say it like you have some strength in your body. I am righteous. Yeah, the devil hates to hear that. Say, I don't have righteousness. I am. In the Old Testament, it was given to them. In the New Testament, that's our composition. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. E.W. Kenyon, if your Lord I respect it very much, says now, when we look at him, we see our righteousness. When he looks at us, he sees his righteousness. Glory to God. When we look at Jesus, in Jesus, we see our righteousness. When Jesus looks at us, in us, he sees his righteousness. When we stand face to face with Jesus, we reflect one another. No more, no less. No inferior, no superior. As he is, so am I in this world. I thought somebody would shout hallelujah. Yeah, I am a reflection of the righteousness of God. We are just like him in the new birth. Why? Because we are from him. If you can find unrighteousness in me, it means it came from him. Did you hear that? If you can find unrighteousness in me, it means it came from him. Because my DNA is from Him. What is not in Him cannot be in me. I am as righteous as Jesus. I feel like flying. Glory to God. I am as righteous as Jesus. I thought somebody would shout that. I thought somebody would shout, I am as righteous as Jesus right now. Irrespective of how you feel, that's how you are. No death in him, no death in me. No darkness in him. He's holy. He's righteous. He's blameless. He's, he's accepted. He pleases the Father. Glory to God. Woo! He has said that I may boldly say, Glory to God. So we don't have righteousness. By faith. We are righteous by nature. We are righteous by nature. We are now his righteousness. We are now his sons. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 24. Pay attention. And are you put on the new man which after God is created how? In righteousness And through holiness. The new man is created. In righteousness. And through holiness. Righteousness is my nature. For Abraham. It was legal righteousness. His sins were not counted. But for us. That's our nature. That's the nature of God. Imparted. Into our spirits. So now. We have become righteous by nature. So inside you, you are blameless. There is no way. You didn't hear that. If you miss this one, you shouldn't have come to church. There is no way. You would have gone to hell. No way. You know why? You are righteous. Your nature is righteousness. Hell cannot handle righteousness. Who I tell you, I tell you. Who? Are you still in the building? There is no way. Abraham had to go to hell. In spite of the fact that his sin was not recorded because he didn't have the nature. But glory to God. We are born of the Spirit of God. When Jesus rose from the dead, he never went back to hell again. He only went to hell because of sin. But glory to God, we are raised together with Christ. Quickened together with Christ. If a believer goes into hell, he turns hell into heaven. The day a believer in Jesus, a born again man enters hell. That is the day hell ceases to be hell. The believer entering hell turns hell to heaven. You know why? When you put light in a dark room, the darkness becomes light. Hell cannot handle a righteous man. You cannot go to hell. You know why? You are born of God. You didn't hear that. Say with me, I cannot go to hell. Say it very loud. Like, you know what you are talking about? Don't be afraid. Are you afraid? Let me hear it very loud. Say because I'm born of God. I'm too hot for hell. Amen. Amen. The moment you find yourself in hell, it is no more hell. It has become heaven. (laughs) Anywhere Christ enters, is heaven. Have I taught you that? Anywhere Christ enters is heaven. Christ makes heaven heaven. Where is Christ? In you. So if you enter hell, it becomes heaven. Because Christ in you makes heaven heaven. Some of you are still looking at me. Pray in tongues, you will understand. If you can't understand what I'm saying, pray in tongues. You will understand. The believer makes heaven, heaven. Why? Christ who is heaven is in the believer. Amen. Abraham was hoping to be like us. At the resurrection, the church was born as Zion. You have come to Zion. Zion refers to authority. The place of kings. The place of dominion. We are in the general assembly, the church of the firstborn. We are that church. Say with me, I'm righteous by faith. Say, I'm righteous by nature. Can I hear a powerful amen? Now let me ask you Was Abraham righteous by faith? Huh? Was Abraham righteous by faith? Was he righteous by nature? You are you righteous by faith? Are you righteous by nature? Yes, that's what Abraham didn't have until the resurrection. We have been born and we have both. So you can call the believer righteous. What communion has righteousness with unrighteousness? Paul calls the believer righteousness. What fellowship has light with darkness? He calls the believer light. What fellowship has Christ with Belial? He calls the believer Christ. So we all have the same nature in Christ. The day you believe the gospel. You signed into the book of life. The book of life is a person. In our minds, we must never allow our minds go into bondage. We are now in Zion. We are beautiful. We are glorious. David said, glorious things are spoken of thee, O Zion. Glorious things. Hallelujah. Lift your right hand and say with me, glorious things are spoken of me. I am the Zion of God. I didn't hear a powerful. Amen. We are the citizens of the beloved country. We started from perfection. We started from perfection. I am perfect in Christ. So as I begin to round up, what did Brother Paul say to them? Galatians 5 1. Glory! Galatians 5.1 Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again in the yoke of bondage. This is after he has called them foolish. In chapter 3, oh foolish Galatians, are you so foolish after flogging their foolishness out? He now said, now that you are free, stand fast. Don't be entangled again like you did before. Having begun in the spirit, you became perfected in the flesh. We have flogged it out of you. Now stand fast in the liberty where with Christ has made you free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. The believer can never be defeated. He is the complete creation of God in perfection. To stand means to insist. 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 Don't change position. Don't change your stand. You know in Hebrews chapter four, it said, There remained therefore a rest for the people of God. We that believe we have entered. Have you entered? A place of rest is the place of believing. And Adam was the first that was asked to believe. That is why Adam was created on the sixth day so that he can function from the place of rest which is the seventh day. The seventh day was the rest of God. It was not a day. It is rest. But a day was used to teach them because they were not people of the spirit. Seventh day is not Sunday. Seventh day is rest. Man is born on the sixth day So that when he wakes up on the seventh day, he begins to function from rest. Are you understanding? So when the believer believed in Jesus, he entered rest. And the believer is supposed to operate from rest. The believer is supposed to live in rest. Function from rest all the days of his life. So the seventh day is living by faith, living in rest. Brother Paul does not use the word rest. Brother Paul uses the word peace. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace, which Hebrews will call rest. We have peace. No walk, no toil. On the day of rest, if you're owing anybody, you're forgiven. And if you're owing somebody, you forgive him. It's a day of rest. You don't walk, you don't do anything. You have entered rest. You owe the devil nothing. And the devil owes you nothing. No more toil. No more struggling to, be, to please God. No more working hard to be accepted by God. You are accepted in the beloved. You are in the rest of God. You are blameless before God. You are righteous before God. And you have access, undeniable. I thought somebody would shout hallelujah. That is what it means to be in the rest of God. In Luke chapter 4 verse 18, Jesus said, I'm anointed to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. The acceptable year of the Lord. In Second Corinthians 6 verse 2, look at brother Paul's announcement. 2nd Corinthians 6 verse 2. For he saith, I have had thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I so thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. The day of what? Today is the day. Amen. I said amen. As I close, you know, let me close with this story. How many of you remember the story of Jacob and Esau? Story of Jacob and Esau? Okay. Who took the birthright? Who took the birthright? Jacob. Who was supposed to have the birthright? Esau. But who collected it? Jacob. What did the Bible say about Esau? It said Esau was a man of profanity. He was a profane person. Who gave birthright? For a muzzle of bread. For beans. Profanity means a man of no value. What is the story of Jacob and Esau telling us? Jacob wanted the first position. You know what the first position means? Isaac. Isaac is promise before the law. So what? What Jacob wanted from Esau was to be the promised son. And Esau gave up the position of promise and took the position of law. That's why the Bible calls him a man of profanity. Jacob saw that the blessing is in the first birth. That is why Jacob got the blessing. It was not about bread. It was not about beans. It was a figurative communication that there are people that don't value being in Christ. They are people of profanity. They don't value the blessing that you have in Christ. The blessing is righteousness. Am I communicating at all? It was a figurative communication. Jacob and Esau. It it was dealing with value for being in Christ. Value for being in Christ. So when the father blessed him, look at Genesis 27. Let's see the blessing now. Genesis 27, 28. Therefore God give thee of the dew of heaven and the fatness of the earth and plenty of corn and wine. Look at 29. Let people serve thee and nations bow down to thee. Be lord over thy brethren and let thy mother's sons bow down to thee. Cursed be everyone that cursed thee, and blessed be he that blessed thee. How many of you remember that this guy, Jacob, nobody ever bowed to him? Even though that was given to him. Nobody ever bowed to him. In fact, instead, he was the one that actually bowed to his son, Joseph. So that means that blessing there was not for Jacob. It was the promise of God for people that will be in Christ that in Christ you have dominion over demons, principalities, and powers and they will bow to you. So in the promise was the prophecy of the church in dominion. Am I communicating at all? So that blessing was a revelation of being in dominion with Jacob already collected from Esau. Because Esau was a man of profanity and had no value for spirituals. So he was talking about Christ's dominion, which shall not depart from Judah. It shall not depart from Judah. Later on, Jacob picked up that prophecy and now put it in perspective. Look at Genesis 49 verse 9. He picked up that prophecy that was being communicated figuratively. Judah is a lion's whelp from the prey. My son, thou had gone up. He stooped down. He couched as a lion and as an old lion. Who shall rouse him up? Judah. Judah. Look at verse 10. The scepter shall not depart from Judah. Nor a lawgiver from between his feet. until Shiloh come. And unto him shall the gathering of his people be. Just like Isaac was not Christ. So here, he was talking about Christ. The king's dominion. What God said to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob was all about Christ. What Abraham said to Isaac was about Christ. Because in Hebrews chapter 7 verse 14, He said, if priesthood was by Levi, then Jesus wouldn't have been a priest. Because Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. Which nobody spake anything about priesthood. That's why Jesus today is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And today in Christ, we are kings and priests. Where are the kings? Where are the priests? And as a priest, you can now offer sacrifices to God directly. You don't need an intermediary. You are the priest. And as a king, you are in dominion. You have the authority of Christ. So you can commune with your father and you can exercise authority over demons and devils and over circumstances and situation. You can fellowship with your father as a priest and as a king you take charge over your world. Am I talking to somebody here? Say with me, I'm a king, I'm a priest, I am righteous, I am complete, I am in Zion, I am in Christ Jesus. I thought somebody would shout hallelujah. I said I thought somebody would shout hallelujah. If Abraham, Abraham, without the promise, received the blessing of protection, Abraham was well protected. He received the blessing of provision and the blessing of direction just by looking at you. You didn't hear that. Abraham, just by looking at you, And believing in what God will do with you. Faith in the promise. He looked for a city whose builder and maker is God. He was looking for you. And by looking for you, he was protected. By looking for you, he was provided for. By looking for you, he had direction. How much more you? You didn't hear what I just said. By looking for you, he was protected. By looking for you, he had provision. By looking for you, he had direction. How much more you now? Amen. Are you blessed? Get on your feet. That's all I've got for you in this service. Glory to God. Say so with me right now, I have the blood bought right. I have the blood bought right. To be protected, provided for, I have access into direction, I am far from confusion, my thoughts are clear, my steps are ordered, my life is intentional, I live in the abundance of God's provision, I lack nothing, I am provided for all round provision, I thought I would hear powerful. amen. You are that city. You are Zion. You are the city of the great king. You are beautiful for all situation. You are the joy of the whole world. Glory to God. Say with me very loud. I am a city sought after. I am beautiful for all situation. I am Zion. I am the city. Of the great king. I am the country. Whose maker. And builder is God. I am the righteousness of God. Secured, provided for, protected. I live a life of the supernatural. I walk in steps that are ordered by the Lord. I am enriched in all things. I have all things that pertain to life and godliness. I lack nothing. I am in authority. I didn't hear powerful amen. Are you blessed this morning? Citizens of a beloved country. Father, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice in this building, on television, on Facebook, YouTube, and everybody connected in the campuses and our centers. Great grace is upon you today. I decree that you walk in these realities, you walk in this authority, you function in this realm, and you rule over demons and devils in the name of Jesus. We rebuke sickness and disease. We command the devil, get your hands off of God's property. In the name of Jesus. And I decree that the remaining days of your life, the lines are falling to you in pleasant places. You enjoy the goodness of God in the land of the living. You are blessed above all things. In the name of Jesus. Thank you Lord for your gracious word. Thank you Lord for your word that never come back void. And we rejoice that your people are built up and equipped. And we rejoice that we walk in these realities. Thank you, Father, for your word. And we give you praise for joy that fills our hearts, realizing the things and acknowledging and walking in them. In Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen like you believe it. And we give the Lord a praise in this building. Hallelujah. I want to hear some crazy shout this morning. Now listen to me, if you're online, you're watching from Johannesburg, before I take the offerings, all of our brethren in Johannesburg, South Africa, I just got some news this morning that the Johannesburg campus, one of the campuses, their venue has been confirmed and you can worship with them at 11.30 a.m. this morning. And that's the Power City campus in Rudoport, Rudeport, 45 Georginia Street. Horizon, Rudiport, Johannesburg. And those of you in Johannesburg, South Africa, if you want to locate the place you're finding it difficult, there are numbers to call. You can call the following numbers. 07104956 seven five I repeat zero seven one zero four nine five six seven five or you can call zero seven eight five zero seven one zero four three I repeat zero seven eight five zero seven one zero four three for those of you in Johannesburg South Africa that is our one of our, our campuses that just secured a venue that, that's very comfortable for you people to assemble and fellowship again it's it's the Rudyport 45 Eugenia Street horizon Rudyport Johannesburg South Africa we're excited and we celebrate can we celebrate the brethren in Johannesburg this morning? And you can join them for fellowship at 11.30. That's the second service. You can join and be part of the service. And I'm beginning a series in the the next service on the integrity of God's word. I'm telling you, it's a teaching you don't want to miss. Because all those things people keep asking, ah, why is Dr. Damina, is he trying to rewrite the Bible, blah, 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 blah. The integrity of God's word will sort all of that out. Are we excited this morning? Now everybody, I want to take up your offerings wherever you're watching in the house centers, campuses, and in this building. We give in faith, we give with joy, and we give as a communication of our honor and our collective responsibility to get the gospel to the nations of the earth. We are so committed to so much is happening around this ministry at this time. We are using every available platform available to us to push this gospel. And it's costing quite some money. And we're committed to do this for the rest of the year. So everybody giving to us, supporting us, sacrificially giving to us, you know, your best. We want to thank all of you, partners and friends who have tirelessly given to this ministry. We have so much to do. You know, we have so much to do. We're believing God for more radio stations, not only in Aquaibom but even in other places in Nigeria to flood the whole place with this message because that is the assignment God has given us as a ministry. So if God is tearing you up to give more, please make sure you obey him. Let's give willingly, let's give joyfully and sacrificially so we can get this gospel to flood the nations of the earth. And once again, I thank you for all of your givings This morning, I'm going to take your offering just once. So if you're giving partnership, you're giving kingdom investment, you're giving all the different offerings and honors to support the different things we do for television, radio, whatever you're giving to, you know, I'm going to take the offering just one time. And I want to thank you for giving, making your resources available for the advancement of God's kingdom. And I want you to know that every money you give to the work of the ministry through this ministry goes exclusively into the purpose for which the money is sent. And every money given to this ministry is dedicated to the advancement of God's kingdom. And you have your reward with Jesus for being a part of those building tabernacles all over the nations of the earth. Remember, through the preaching of God's word, when people are saved or people come to this truth, tabernacles are being raised for God all over the nations of the earth. And let me tell you, there is a reward for it. Jesus will look at you and say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thank you again for giving. Let's pray together. Lift up your offerings, Father. We give in faith. We give with joy. Thank you for everybody giving into this ministry. All over the world. Those sending online. Those giving physically. Those sending to the bank accounts. All the different givings. We want to thank you for everybody. And I decree that this week, your needs are met according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Supernaturally. Those of you in need of an intervention... Receive that intervention in the name of Jesus. My God supplies all your needs. You lack nothing. You are enriched in all things. And we command the devil to take his hands off your resources in the name of Jesus. You are sufficient. You are blessed. You are favored. Everything is working for you. Your job, your career, your businesses. You are strategically positioned. You have ideas, concepts and insights. You continue to make financial impact in the advancement of God's kingdom. And Father, we thank you for answered prayer and great grace upon everyone giving this morning in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of finality. Praise God forevermore. Now listen, because we are on 60 days of glory extended, all the messages are going on online, on radio, and all the different platforms with all the questions and the answers. We encourage you to keep following. But Mr. Michael Bush and myself, we are resuming live broadcasts and teachings again and question and answers on the 11th of October. The 11th of October is a Sunday. From that day we are beginning the next season, which will run from October till whenever, I don't know. But I know it is beginning. I don't know when it will end. I know when it will begin. The 11th of October, 2020. Are you excited about that? Yeah. Can we give the Lord a praise in the building? Hallelujah. All right. So 11th of October will be when we're beginning the Riot Live and the Counselor. The Riot Live and the Counselor, the two the two programs. All right. So we're beginning again on the 11th of October. We love you guys. It's a joy to be with you this morning And I look forward to bringing you the beginning of a new series In the second service The Integrity of God's Word I'd like you to share the videos Get everybody to be part of what we're doing And until we connect with you in the second service Let's celebrate viewers around the world For being a part of this service this morning Glory Oh my goodness Hallelujah This message For these, all the messages And books by Dr. Adel Dominic Please call Post 234-806-800-9939 Or email powercityoffice at gmail.com